Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What advice or guidance would you have for caregivers and, and family members? Because I think that's a critical piece of this, too. What, what can you offer or what resources can you direct them to? And, you know, I can put up links uh, when I write the article, but just speak to that. Um, I, I would just uh, uh, kind of still uh, stress, uh, emphasize the, uh, you know, in my clinic, I still do that daily uh, advice is to uh, the structured uh, activities and they can open up a little bit from their home to communities. Uh, for example, they can open up more walk in the uh, park or a little bit more uh, more choices, you know, can go to the uh, state park or, you know, the, the schedule uh, with the, the good weather, you know, some part indoor, some part outdoor. And then if they can have the, uh, uh, attend the, some of the previous uh, uh, activity, hopefully a lot of folks, they, they want to go to church. If the church open to a limited capacity, that'd be great, you know. So those are the uh, increase of choice activity. It's, it's kind of gradually explore the, the activity where they're available in the communities. So that's actually can gradually add it to those activities instead of all stay indoors. So that's actually kind of depends on, I think it's under COVID-19 uh, under control, there'll be more options open up in the society they can explore you know, step by step, instead of, you know, kind of open up all of them, you know. Um, the Alzheimer's associations has some uh, website uh, open to give some tips uh, with the Alzheimer's disease association is AOZ.org. I, I did check on the website, they give some of the tips in there, um, um, actually emphasize these uh, principles I think those will be helpful. Um, I think a lot of caregivers, they, they know these principles. It's just because of the uh, tiredness and they're being, uh, uh, you know, so long, they, they're not following, uh, difficult to follow those principles in any ways, you know. Um, but that, that could be open up more options in a way, you know. Okay. And so I guess my final question, or it's not really a question. Um, well, I guess it is a question. We'll see if it's a question. Yeah. You know, Dr. Drake, as you know, I've written about Alzheimer's a lot about what you folks do, Butler and other people for quite a while now. And, you know, one of the optimistic things here is that research into pa not palliative measures, but measures to fend off dementia and Alzheimer's or eventually to cure it, that continues. Maybe you can just speak about how in that we still still have hope. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I think, uh, you know, understandably in the, over the past year, we've forgotten about the other pandemic, which is the slow moving pandemic of Alzheimer's and that the research must go on. 
and it, and it has, fortunately. Um, uh, I can tell you, you know, sitting through countless, uh, you know, meetings with research organizations nationally and internationally over the past year, we really, as a community, really had to uh, adjust to this whole thing. And in fact, um, there's a trend, I'd say fairly universal trend now to going forward, even build in to clinical trial design, uh, the possibility of having to uh, adjust to uh, other pandemics. Um, we were fortunate, very, very fortunate at, at Rhode Island Hospital to have had the option of staying open. A lot of hospitals were forced to close down entirely, though, like all the whole hospital and, and, and of course the clinical trial centers. Uh, we were able to, we had to adjust and do a lot of things that we would ordinarily do in person. Um, uh, I mean, we would have to do those things um, remotely rather than in person. And obviously everyone who's in a clinical trial or clinical research does so voluntarily. Um, and, you know, uh, and we, we, you know, with every single tr clinical trial participant explained the whole situation and that, you know, they could, you know, be involved or is not involved as they want, get out of the trial, stay in the trial and, you know, uh, you know, even though people were understandably very worried about COVID and, and were inappropriately. So um, the vast majority of them wanted to stay involved um, as much as they possibly could, because they, you know, also under, you know, very uh, um, stark examples of the other pandemic that they see every day. Um, so it was really important for them to have the consistency of coming in and we're, we're blessed to have a really, talented and, and, and absolutely phenomenal staff. Um, so, you know, it was, it, I think it was a, a boon for a lot of people and it was kind of the only semblance of routine that a lot of them, them had um, to continue to come in for, you know, their, their visits. And, you know, the, the data wasn't perfect because there was an interruption, but, you know, all of our trials kept going. Um, and we're, we're, for the most part, back up to usual business now. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's thanks to the ingenuity and, you know, of the, of the people who run these trials um, and the dedication of the staff. But, you know, as always, as we always talk about, Wayne, you know, the, the incredible fortitude and, and dedication of these participants uh, really shown very brightly this past year. They really stuck to it. And, um, you know, and I think that gives us hope, you know, we can, um, despite a global pandemic, economies shutting entire regions, you know, of the globe shutting down, you know, questions about the economy and all of that, we were still able to keep this going. Um, and even though people don't necessarily know they're getting active treatments or whether or not they're going to work, there's still that hope, you know, um, so that it really uh, that kept me going, you know, I, it was, it was, it was bleak a year ago. We didn't know what was going to happen. And, and really, I'm, I, I, every day I'm, I, I think back on that and I'm amazed by, you know, all these people are still here who were here a year ago. You know, we don't have a whole lot of new trials because everything got slowed down, but it's, you can almost blink your eyes, you know, and, and, and think back to a year ago and not know anything that anything even happened, uh, you know, in terms of, clinical trial participation. So re really remarkable part of the story, I would say. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.